fans. Whew. That's how I feel. Here we are. Full of energy, full of speed, violence, momentum, inertia, synergy, synergy inertia. combustion. <laughs> All you know. those buzzwords. <laughs> uh, feeling good. Um, you know what I'm feeling like today? I'm feeling like an athlete. That's a good thing. <laughs> Fake it till you make it. Yeah. I'm feeling like I'm better than the rest of you. Um, I'm feeling. <laughs> you know, they're they're not, but it feels like my hamstrings should probably be tight. You know, yeah, a little fatigued from a hard week of training. <laughs> yeah, none of this actually happened, but feels like I need to get my jeans tailored. <laughs> Not down, but up because my quads are so much bigger. <laughs> Full disclosure: the, uh, people in my life love to make fun of me because I visit a tailor because none of my clothes fit. It just it, I can't buy anything you, that fits. I, I won't say the word weird. You have a unique body shape. <laughs> <laughs> unique. This, this comes from un, unique New York. This is the thing that comes from a guy that says I. I I didn't even shave it. I just trimmed it up pretty tight one time. My beard and Chase goes, "Hey man." Your head's unusually small. You need to keep that beard. <laughs> wow. Well, the thing is, you used to be significantly skinnier before CrossFit, right? Yes, that is so, yeah, true story. I'm, Hunter's got pictures. It's gonna sound like I'm roasting you, but it's really just it's just what you look like. You just got a skinny head. You got a small head, bro. You got a small head. <laughs> Size hat you wear a six. <laughs> he used to be I so skinny. I can still sport my little league hat. Right. No, no doubt about it. <laughs> but you used to be so skinny, so your head, like we didn't really realize how small it was. But then you got a lot bigger and probably added like what thirty. Pounds yeah, to your yeah. Uh, overall weight, You're, exactly. Without that, actually. without that beard, it 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 sticks out a little bit. A the little day bit, I yeah. walked into CrossFit, I was 190 pounds. All these years later, I just got on the scale yesterday. I'm 221. You know, and a smaller and a smaller waist size. Wow. Yeah, but unfortunately, my head has stayed the same size. Let's <laughs> <laughs> see if we can come up with a program for that. Yeah, surely there's a track there. You know, if I reading. Go to, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so speaking of things that uh haven't changed or have changed man great i'm, get, I'm getting really good at this mm, that speaking was a bad of things that haven't or have <laughs> what a segue <laughs> we're here today to talk about the changes and boy are people going to be confused that they're listening to maybe an old episode because let's acknowledge crossfit has been through some changes yeah. at the organizational level that have affected a lot of things it feels like though we should be honest about this part with the new ownership, it feels like we're settling in, not just to a change, but to a new season in the sport. And there's been some changes about how things are going to operate. How does that affect us? Well, it affects us with how we watch as fans. It also affects us with how we participate, specifically in the Open. So Hunter's going to walk us through those changes because he's the statistician and he keeps up on these things. We send him to do all the reading and research so he can just tell us, like, CrossFit for dummies. That's what this episode is going to be about. CrossFit for dummies. Yeah. I like that. So... Changes in the CrossFit games, yeah. how things are organized, and what we can anticipate. Yeah, so there's a lot of changes. Like you said, uh, former CEO is gone, new CEO comes in. He has a goal of growing the CrossFit games a lot, which is the complete opposite of the old CEO who wanted to, who called it the the sideshow in the, in the parking lot with tents and the circus, basically. Um, basically <clears throat> talking down to all the CrossFit games athletes. Anyways. Uh, so the new the new guy comes in. He wants to uh, grow the CrossFit Games. He stated publicly that his goal was to have five hundred thousand people compete in the CrossFit Open this year, uh, which is a pretty vast goal. Um, the CrossFit Open is back in March and April, where it originally was until it was changed uh, the last time. So the last Open was actually in October twenty nineteen, even though it was for twenty twenty, which is kind of confusing. So there's two opens in 2019. There wasn't one in 2020. So we're back to the open 2021. Big change this year is that it's only going to be three weeks long. And if you've listened to us in the past, I've talked about that a lot, how five weeks is way too long. For It was originally six weeks, and they dropped it to five. But five weeks was way too long. It was mentally exhausting for everybody involved. And um, people were doing the workouts two and three yeah, times. Exactly. Yep. Up oh, three, four, five times. Yeah. If there's yeah. one workout a week and that's all that matters, um, people just do the workout over and over and over again. Honestly, it also opens up to a lot to to being. It, it makes it a lot easier to cheat if you just sit there and look at the leaderboard. You can see exactly what you need to get. So, <clears throat> three weeks is it's so much better for everybody. Um, for the athletes, uh, three weeks is not going to take near as much toll on them. 
um, for the people who put it on that own gyms. I mean, it's, it's a process. It takes a lot out of you to do the Friday night lights and judging and redoing workouts and all that type of stuff. It takes away from class and everything. And, um, it's just exhausting for everybody involved. So I think everybody who owns a gym is probably super happy about the three week change. And then also I think it'll change, make the test a lot better. Cause like we said, when it's just one workout a week, like that doesn't simulate, um, a competition at all. Like anybody can get up for one workout and redo it over and over and over again. That's not, it makes it less about the fitness and more about like who can game the workout the best and all that type of stuff. So I'm assuming they're going to have multiple workouts each week, probably at least two. So then that's going to make, it's going to bring recovery into play a lot more. It's going to make it a lot more well-rounded test. These other um, qualifiers like the water blues and all that type of stuff, their qualifiers are usually two, like two or three weeks long with multiple workouts. And you just get a lot more well-rounded test. And I think it does a lot better job of getting the right people there as opposed to in the past where when they had regionals, you would do the open and then people would show up and just get last at every single workout at regionals. And you're just like, how did you finish top five in the open and get last in every workout? Like it just shows you that it wasn't a good uh, preparation for it. So I think it'll be, um, I think it'll be great. Uh, I'm, I'm really excited for it. I think it's a great, great change um, for the sport and for gym owners and for people taking part in it. Like if you're an athlete five weeks, I mean, that's a, that's a month. That's like a, a big significant portion of your training year. Cause you got to taper, you got to <clears throat> taper down, before, you know, leading up to the open. Then you got the five weeks of the open. Then you got to take off to recover. I mean, you're basically wiping out at least two months of, of the year for the open. And so, um, if you drop that down to three, it, it, it drops down the amount of time that you're spending on that and energy, uh, drastically. So it sounds like you're, you're specific on some things, but there are other things we don't know. We know that the total domain is going to be three weeks. Mm -hmm. We don't know what CrossFit is going to do with those three weeks. Yeah, no, there's no telling. I would assume there'll be multiple workouts, but you never know. Um, I mean, they're, that's kind of how they roll though. You know, they, they like to change it up and I'm sure it'll be different every year, but I think, I mean, I, they're not, it's not going to be three workouts. Like that's not a very good test. So I'm sure it'll probably be at least five or six, if not more. Um, I would, I would guess something like maybe three events one time with two workouts and a max, and then maybe the two workouts the other two times and you have, you know, four days to get the two workouts done. So it would be cool if they, and I can't believe I'm saying this, but it would be cool if they put in one of those kind of hero wads that they drop in that everybody already kind of knows how they finish in those things. Like Murph? Yeah, so Murph is a great example. So people know their Murph time. So they've got this backlog of, okay, I've done this already. I don't have to do all this workout testing and gearing up. I just have to try to PR this. Yeah. You know, and then they get this uh, this test that they don't know that. So if you do say you do Murph on a Monday, oh, that sounds terrible. Oof. You do Murph on a Monday, and then by Friday you're having to do something that they release midweek. Man, that would be tough. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but it sounds yeah. very crossfit. I bet they'll me. do some type of hero workout or benchmark workout or something in there for sure. Yeah. So as far as people who are, we do this every time, and we're going to get back to these the elite level athletes and how this is going to affect them. But for those of us that are going to crossfit gyms across the world. You know, how does that affect our mental game, affect our preparation? How, you know, what's the correct strategy here for I us? Think it's, I think it's even um, better for the average Joe CrossFitter because it's not going to be attempting, uh, attempting to repeat the workout. I mean, I wrote an article a couple years ago about repeating workouts in the open and what it's actually costing you and all the downsides of repeating a workout when ultimately, like, it's not going to change your life one iota whether you get five more reps in a workout like if you're not trying to qualify for something there's no point in redoing them just do them and and be done with it so i think this will be a lot better for everybody because say it's two workouts like you're not going to be doing two workouts and then redoing both of those workouts if you're just wanting to partake in the open it'll be uh, do the workouts get comp get my completion and move on you know so i think it'll be great for for those people and um i'm it sounds like they're going to have lots of different variations on the workouts like a a version of the workout you can do at home with no equipment, which is pretty cool considering everything that's going on. And then uh, I know they're adding a lot more categories and everything and different, you know, masters and age group qualifiers and all that type of stuff. Another cool thing they're doing, um, uh, we'll, we'll talk about this with the competitors in a minute, but, um, no, I think it's going to be great. 
uh, for the average person. I, I, I think I think they're really trying to make it inclusive and make it appealing to everybody to participate and just something that everybody can take part in and enjoy and celebrate. And uh, I think it'll be good. Yeah, talk to us about a little bit about you know success and failure metrics going to the open because my, I've seen this happen to me and a lot of other people. We get confused about it when the open rolls around. What is success? What is failure? Because these workouts are designed to weed out and get to the elite, but they also keep in mind people all over the world are doing this. Yeah. So it just it gets easy to be very confused as to why you're doing this in the first place. Yeah, people love a leaderboard and be able to compare, and um, it's really easy to get caught up in where you rank in the world or where you rank in the region and all that type of stuff, but. I mean, at the end of the day, that doesn't really matter. I think a success for you, for each person personally is, hey, was I able to, um, did I push myself? You know, first off, did I complete it? If I if I sign up for it and I say I'm going to do it, did I complete it? I think that's a win because uh, a lot of people don't complete it. They stop when there's a workout that they're not good at or whatever. They don't get a good score. They just don't submit their score. You know, if you say you're going to do it, then do it. I think that's a win. And then um, if you gave your best effort and you're happy with it, I mean, I think that's a win. You know, all you can do is what you can do. And um, if you give your best effort and feel like you left it all out there, I think that's, uh, you know, that's a win. And then, I mean, if you maybe you get a PR or maybe you do your first double under your first pull up or something like that, like that's an awesome moment that you should be celebrating. And I would just encourage people not get caught up on checking the leaderboard and seeing where you rank. I uh, We redid an open workout from – 2020 20 you know the fall of 2019, 2019 but it was the, so, yeah, the, yeah the 2020 open and i was looking uh back on the leaderboard to see what my score had been <clears throat> and that was the first time i'd actually even see my place on any of the workouts because i didn't even look at that time and so uh it's just really easy to you know compare yourself but i think about it like this like whatever is important to you say your your goal is to you know make a lot of money what if there was like a worldwide leaderboard of each person's bank account like <laughs> people would get so caught up and like where do i rank you know and That's right. and, you know, and people just love to compare themselves and there's no need like it doesn't matter what joe schmo and australia got on a workout and finished one rep ahead of you like who cares that doesn't affect your life at all yeah i i think that's really really great advice i'm going to say from my point of view a different version of what you're saying is I've noticed um, over the years that I've done CrossFit, the years that I have goals, the open stays in its correct lane. Yeah. The years that I don't have goals, then the open moves in and like becomes my goal. Yeah. And it just consumes everything I'm trying to do. And then you're like, oh man, I, I did pretty well on that. And then you drop 5,000 spots over your lunch break and you're like, man, what went on? You know, and then you, you, you're all down when you go to the gym and you just people get confused about the kind of athlete they are based on this particular test. Yeah. And, you know, I, the, the years that I've done, I'm just sharing this with people who may need it. The years that I have participated in the open, it's done what it needed to do. It became a Friday workout. That was one of my larger goals that I knew was going to be a little, a little more difficult test than I'm used to. Yeah. But the fact is the way that Coyote fitness programs, I have done workouts on the regular programming that are harder than open workouts mm -hmm. just because of where I am as an athlete or the movements that are difficult for me. So it all kind of has started to level out. Uh, I don't think you necessarily have to back away from the open. If, if you've had some years where it didn't go well for you, you just need to make sure that it's banked in with the lar your larger fitness goals. Yeah. I think, um, a, that's a good point. I think a really easy thing to do if you used to be, try to be really competitive in the open and you don't feel like you're where you used to be is to just, not submit scores. I'm going to do the workouts, but I'm not going to submit score. Um, and I'm always like, why would you do that? Like, if you're not going to do it, just don't do it. Don't do the workouts. But if you're going to do the workout, you know, and you're not going to submit your score, that just shows you that your ego is way too involved. You mm -hmm. need to put your ego aside. And that's a really good gut check and say, hey, you know what? I'm not where I used to be. So what? I mean, you can go look at my open finishes. You know, my last couple of opens like are astronomically worse than when I was at my best. And and, and that, you know, that was something that I struggled with a few years ago was not being as fit as I used to be. But I think that's growth being able to say, you know what, I'm going to do the workout and I'm put my score up there and whatever, you know. Yeah. So um, I would encourage you, if you do do it, submit your score. If you don't want to participate, just don't do the workouts, you know, or do do a different version of them. You know, do do whatever's given in class, but don't 
you know, don't don't be the guy that's like, I'm going to do the open, but I'm just not going to submit my scores. Like, uh. Yeah, like pick, you got to pick a lane. There are yeah. two places to submit your score, either at CrossFit.com or on SugarWide. Yeah. I mean, you can put a score in for the workout that day, and you can participate in it. Yeah. And I have a lot of respect for people who are like, man, I just – that whole other side of it with the CrossFit thing, I'm not sure – but I'm committed to the programming here, yeah. and I know that's going to be the workout on Friday, and I'm not going to cherry pick. Yeah, that's you right. Know, I'm not going to show up on Thursday, skip Friday, show up Saturday. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that, that that's why I'm saying like don't don't uh, don't uh uh sorry I got got distracted there. Um, <laughs> Thinking I've, about the open. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I guess it depends on each each particular person. Like if you're not submitting a score just because you don't want other people to see your score then I would, I would encourage you to press into that. But if it's just something that you don't participate in, you never have, you never, never will, then that's fine too. You know, each per, I mean, I think, I think this is a great opportunity for self-examination and saying, Hey, is my ego still involved here? Or is this getting in the way of me, me making progress? Yeah. I'll tell you how my ego shows up. Everybody that's listening will understand this. When you put a score into SugarWad and you feel like you have to explain that score yeah. in the notes section, you're like, hey, hey, hey I'm, I'm, I'm low on the leaderboard, but here's yeah. the thing. Right. I didn't sleep a lot last night. And it's like, okay, guy, just yeah. like, put the score Your in. Your ego's still involved, yeah. <laughs> yeah, if put you, the score in Just and move put your on. score and move on, yeah. And that's another good thing. If if, if you only post your sh- uh, score on SugarWad, if you think you did good, and if you don't think you did good, you don't post it. Like, you know, maybe there's some some uh, self-examination to do there as well. I love that about how connected this community is because that's just one example of a multitude of habits that people adopt when their head's in the wrong space. You know, uh, some people leave the gym immediately if they feel like they had a bad workout. Some people will hang around and do extra work or some people will try to like make a bet on the other guy. Or, I mean, we know each other well enough inside of our gyms that we can say, hey, to each other, it looks like you're a little bit off your goal set here if you're doing all these other activities. So the the very base thing we can say about the Open for the average athlete is it is a place for self-examination. You're also going to expose kind of your habits under stress or duress, and CrossFit puts you in that place a lot. So why not use this test to figure those things out just yeah. a little bit? Yeah, I think use it for what it can do for you and don't, don't, don't get caught up in it because at the end of the day, like, a week after it's open, nobody's going to care where you finish. Yeah, that's true. No, yeah. Honestly, nobody nobody else cares but you where you finish. So, <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, somebody's still going to make fun of your, uh, what do you call it, weird body type? I just can't move on. <laughs> peanut head. Yeah, peanut unique head. Unique body, unique body type. Uh, so there's a few other small uh, changes that I wanted to talk about too outside of the open. Um, I, I think the open change has been long overdue, and I'm really excited for it. I think it's great. Um, but there are... Uh, this, you know, they've done the sanctional thing in the past before that it was regionals. What they've done this year is they've, um, kind of created another step in between those two, which is going to be like online qualifier, which I think is a great, great step because basically what they're going to do is take the top 10% of people and, uh, from the open and let them move on to the online qualifier, which I'm sure will be more advanced workouts, heavier weights, you know, more something that you would see uh in in-person competition and i think this is going to do a great job of weeding out a lot of the cheating honestly and then also i think it's going to do a great job of really getting the right type of people that show up on competition day as opposed to the just the people who are really good at doing thrusters and burpees really fast in their own gym when they can redo it four or five times and mm. and not the all the other type of stuff that's going to actually be at any in, in-person competition so they're going to do that it's a lot cheaper for CrossFit, also a lot cheaper for the athlete. Yeah, yeah. So you can move on to the next stage, which gives everybody a lot more people opportunity to move on to the next level. And they've done the online qualifiers with the teens and the masters in the past. They're just extending this to uh, to the individuals as well. And then they're also doing one for the team competition, which is really cool. They're bringing back the affiliate cup, which what the team competition used to be you had to be a member at, a, at an affiliate and live within a certain radius to be able to be on a team they're bringing that back this year and kind of doing away with the super teams and then they'll have their own qualifier a week after the individual so the individuals can do in the past they had to pick whether they wanted to do team or individual at regional now they'll be able to do the individual and and then they can go on and do the team if they don't make it to the next stage um at that point which is going to be uh, like another online qualifier as well how do you feel about the super team thing i mean i think it it, it was fun to watch yeah it was fun, it was fun to watch yeah. but it, it just kind of it, it got away from the whole you know 
people having pride in their own gym and, and their own athletes. And it was like, all right, well, you got, you're just putting these super teams together and it's a different team every, every weekend. And, um, these people who have never literally and never even met before are flying together to compete at some competition. And I just think it's a, uh, I think it's a cool step. Um, and you think it'll start creating situations where people move to certain places to be already. together. Yeah. They were already doing That's that. That's exciting. Yeah. They're already doing yeah. that and they'll start doing that again. So, um, that's when you're a real sport. Yeah. Those oh, yeah. people that are committed at that level to be at that level of it, they will do anything. Yeah. Moving address is like the least of their yeah. sacrifices. I want to, I'm, I'm, I'm going to come back to that in a minute, Chase. Um, and okay. so then, so they got the online qualifier, which is a whole new step that they're adding in this year for the individuals. And then after that, then they have what uh, is, a, I guess, a combination of sanctionals, regionals, basically they created a different regions throughout the the world. So, um, us is its own entire region. Um, and then they have it in, you know, South America, Australia, Europe, Asia, you know, they got like seven or eight of them and then they'll have a competition from that. They'll take the top. I don't know. They haven't announced how many from the online qualifier will then qualify for one of those. And that'll be kind of like a super regional, I guess, like a cool kind of in, like in between, if you remember, it used to be the regionals and then the games, probably like something in between that. And that'll be a in-person competition where then from that you qualify for the game. So there's a lot more opportunities com to compete now. And then another cool thing they're bringing back is what they call a last chance qualifier. And they had this like way back in like 2008, 2009. So what this is, is they're going to take, I think the top two or three first ones out from those in-person competitions from around the world, invite all of them to another uh a competition in person and they're all going to go and then take a, a few of those that, that'll qualify for the game so it's like one more chance to qualify so that's really cool they're adding a lot more competition aspects and then they're also going to have uh out out of season competition as well they're going to turn some of the sanctionals into out of season competitions where people can, can go compete at um they're also adding in the adaptive category for the crossfit games which is really really cool because that's something that's grown a lot and you know, the adaptive athletes are some of the most inspiring um, athletes out there. So there's a lot of cool stuff. But um, I wanted to circle back to what Chase was saying about people getting together and training, which is something that um, you're starting to see more and more of. And now what you're starting to see is these like kind of training centers forming where people are coming and all training together. We saw it first at, in Cookville with Rich Froning and, and everybody mm -hmm, moving yeah. to Cookville so they could train together. And then uh, they have one in training think tank in uh, Atlanta where a lot of people like Travis Mayer and Noah Olson, well, they'll go and they'll train together a lot. Well, Ben Bergeron has um, announced they're, they're creating like this athlete training center. They're building an expansion to their gym. Um, and it's basically going to have where people go and live there, kind of like the Olympic training center. And they go and live and train and you have to qualify to be able to do it like I think there's three different tiers of athlete. The first tier is perennial CrossFit Games athletes, and those are people who are at the games at every single year, like Katrin and uh, Cole Sager and um, a few others. And then they can they can get in there. And then there's some that are like fringe CrossFit Games athletes that are just right on the border. Um, they're really close to qualifying, but they have to. There's a big age component, so they have to be young enough to have a long. Uh, career ahead of them in the sport and then the third is going to be like teens so teenagers so all these people are going to be able to come and live there and literally all they do is train like they said there's going to be people there that take care of like day-to-day -day tasks for them like doing their laundry and doing their taxes and washing their car and scheduling dentist appointments you know what this is stuff. this is building the crossfit uh athletics portion of the uh sports world it's starting to look a lot like club soccer yeah they're, they're trying to professionalize the sport, and that's what Ben Bergeron has come out and said. Like He said, he sees this as becoming like a big-time professional sport, maybe 10 years behind MMA or so, and he wants to be at the forefront of training, you know, you know, professionalizing it, and he just talks about, like, I'm not a professional coach, and nobody else is a professional coach yet, and these people aren't true professional athletes, and so he wants to be at the forefront of creating professional athletes, and so that he's putting his money where his mouth is, and he's – going full-time into just coaching and having his people move up there and training there. And I'm sure you'll start seeing more of these centers start coming up where people are literally CrossFit Games athletes and they train and they don't worry about anything else. They have other people that worry about it for them. So um, I think it's really cool and it's exciting what's uh, what's coming in the sport. Man, that is cool. It's like the, the local affiliate 
times a thousand. Yeah. Because you recognize some of that stuff. Like, okay, we're building a community. We're all going to be in one place. We're going to work out together. We're going to follow the same mindset, same Mm -hmm. programming, and may the best training facility actually win. Yeah. So over the years, you've got probably 10 of these across the country or something. Well, you're going to know an athlete's going to be associated with where they trained. That's already happening. Actually, this is more like esports. Esports. Than, uh, <laughs> club soccer. Well, Bergeron's a great example. Like you see somebody, when you were seeing these elite level athletes really start making gains on their Olympic lifting, mm-hmm. you're like, okay, well, we know they've, yeah. they've spent time with him. Well, you see it like in the Olympics. That's what people that want to go to the Olympics do. They move to the Olympic training center and that's all they do is train. And they don't have any, uh, any other worries in life and they just train and train and train. Now there's not a lot of money in Olympic sports, so they can't make a whole lot of money, but there's a lot of money um, in being a social media influencer now, and that they're, they're going to have like cameras set up around where they like stations where they can just plug their camera in so they can fo- f- uh, film themselves for social media and that type of stuff. It's going to be it's going to be pretty cool. So I think that's something they're working on put, rolling out later on this year. That's forward thinking. I, I do have a question though, as you're describing it. We've talked about this on this podcast. That sounds like a long competition year. Mm-hmm. So some different stuff starts to play in there. And I know this is always a balance they're trying to strike, but that's a lot of like this step, that step, this step. I think, uh, I think for the vast majority of people, it's going to be less of a competition year because you'll have the open and then you'll have, and honestly, if it's the top 10%, the top people, they're not really going to have to worry a whole lot about the open. They just got to worry about moving on to the next stage. That's a good point. Um, so they can kind of do, probably do it one at a time and just make sure they do enough to move on to the next stage. And then you have the, the online qualifier, which you don't have to travel for. You can do it at your own gym, and it's one weekend, probably three days. So really, that's going to be like the weekend for a lot of people. So really, it's going to be one weekend a year where people really have to be peaking if if you're kind of one of those fringe athletes. And then if you're you know a borderline games athlete, then you you obviously you got to do well in that. But then your big competition is going to be the in-person sanctional or whatever they call it regional whatever uh competition which will be another weekend so they're really for most athletes there's going to be two big weekends a year and then if you qualify for the, for the games obviously that'll be three so big three big big weekends a year over over four or five month period so it's not as much as it sounds like um based on where your focus is yeah. and your level yeah yeah that makes sense and then i think they'll you know i think they want to create more opportunities for people to compete in person outside of the season where maybe they can go and compete in Dubai in November or something and, you know, maybe make some extra prize money and get some social media exposure or whatever. Um, but I think it leaves, you know, it leaves a big, huge window of off-season time, which is really important for a lot of people because, you know, Matt Frazier was one of the first people and probably the first in CrossFit to actually take an off-season, which everybody's seeing, hey, it's really important. We probably should be taking a couple months off a year of training at this high intensity for our longevity, so. Yeah, I'm going to go ahead and make a prediction that this will get us into our next segment. I'm going to predict Frazier takes it this year. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so I think so. Going to go out on a limb here. But, yeah, so lots of interesting changes. The thing that we can summarize this by saying is that we feel that these changes are positive. They're all positive. I think they're all positive. And what's really cool is uh, I was listening to an interview with the CEO, and they were asking about the game's changes, and he was saying, well, you know, I'll, I'll let Dave speak on this because that's his care area of expertise and that's what he's focused on. And I was like, man, that's such a far cry from what it used to be. It was like, we're doing this, we're doing that, and we're, we're you know, I'm going to run every area of the business and I'm not going to let anybody else have anything. And this guy's like, no, he knows way more about it than me. He has the ideas. This is his baby. I'm going to let him run with it and I'll support him. And so you can tell just listening to Dave, like he's had a lot of ideas that he's wanted to do for a really long time. And he, not only have have they he not been has he not been able to do them like he's had somebody who's been actively working against him Combative, yeah. yeah all that type of stuff so he i think it's you can tell listen to him he's extremely excited excited about rolling out all this stuff excited about the future and i think you know there's been somebody that's keeping the sport from growing for a while now and now there's somebody there that wants to grow and i think it's going to grow really fast and it's in the hands of somebody who wants to see it grow because it's his baby and um I'm, i think it's it's great all the way around yeah excited for it you signing up for the open yeah i'll be there i'll see you there I, i've been thinking a lot about this is like i don't do muscle ups or handstand walks or handstand push-ups anymore so i'll have to wait and see what the workouts are but i don't know if i'm going to be doing those or not or chest bar pull-ups or anything in the open so um i'll wait and see and determine what i'm going to do but i'll i'll be signed up 
take it from me, even without those things, those workouts hurt. Yeah. Oh, no. <laughs> a lot of times, like, they hurt worse. Because like, <laughs> if like, it's ring muscle-ups, you just get to where you can't do them anymore, and you're just kind of standing around. Yeah. Um, so, anyways. These easier reps, you just have to keep cranking them out. Yeah. So, <laughs> yeah. All right. So, we've got – this next segment is going to be strange. I don't even know how to how to. We've never done it. this before. It's we're, – we're predicting the future – for the past of the future past, that was past predictions. How do you even put this in back? They'll to the make a movie dimension. about this one day uh, <laughs> with how we were able to weave into dimensions and stuff like that. Yeah. Um, but essentially what we're going to do, we're going <laughs> to, we're going to predict Super Bowl winners before the Super Bowl happens, but it will be listened to after the Super Bowl. That's right. So you can immediately tell if we were right or wrong. We're in the future predicting. We're in the past predicting the future that will become the past. There's two uh, examples of an A-plus success of this uh, segment. Okay. Mm -hmm. One is that we get it fantastically right, and people start to question, one, either did we record this afterwards? (laughs) Are we the guys riding the Simpsons? (laughs) Or are we Simpsons-level riders? Yeah, that's right. We just know things. Or two, or B, uh, we fail miserably and look really, really dumb. I prefer option B. Either way, it's, it's going to be a blast. I'll yeah. play the role. I'll play the role. So we're filming this uh, before the conference championship game. So there's four yeah. teams still alive. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We got the Packers versus the Bucks, and we got the. Can I just say, for the record, public record? Yeah. How close I was to being just. He was one year off. Uh, awesome. <laughs> Futuristic level interpretations of uh, super, uh, football. I had the Bills winning the Super Bowl last year. One year too early. And, and here you they know, are. When the Steelers were on their run earlier this year, I was like, Chase is on it with the Steelers. And then they just <laughs> fell apart. I know. I <laughs> uh, know. So then we got the Bills versus the Chiefs. So I guess we're going to predict the Super Bowl and then who's going to win. And it, yeah. I mean, for to me, this is it's wide open. I could see any of the four teams winning the Super Bowl, and I could see any combination of um, the teams competing. I'm having a hard time choosing. Yeah, is that close? Yeah, well, is Mahomes still out? They haven't announced if he's playing. There's no way he's not playing. No way. They'll they'll figure out. I don't way. really know. There's gonna get like some 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 special Chiefs doctor that comes in and clears him. And he's gonna get some shot. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> some racehorse level shot. Yep. Um, this is going to ruin the rest of your life. But all right, so <laughs> I would like to see. We're throwing in scores, by the way. Oh, we're going we're gonna to do scores, dude. Mm, we're yeah. all right, all right, all right. Wing it. This, I'll start by saying the team, I think I would like to see, I don't know. I would like to see the Bucks versus the Bills, I think. Because it looks so dumb on paper unless yeah. you are yeah. <laughs> living in but, 2021. But you think about it, it's Tom Brady and then uh, Josh Allen. Yeah. Um, and who, the, who has had, like, what a yeah. great Cinderella story. Yeah. The Chiefs won last year. I mean, you know, they're fun to watch, but, I mean, it gets boring if the same team wins every time. So I think I would like to see the Bills versus the Bucks. Um Yeah, repeat winners are for college yeah, yeah. football. I, but what I think is going to happen is I think it's going to be the Packers Versus the Bills. That's what I think is going to happen. And I'm going to pick the Bills to win. I think the AFC is going to win the Super Bowl either way, whether it's the Chiefs or the Bills. But I'm going to pick the Bills to win the Super Bowl and break that giant curse that they've had. I'll tell you what, when I first started watching football, some of my first football memories are the Bills losing in the in the four Super in Bowl row. four years in a row, so <laughs> I think they're gonna I think they're gonna pull it out this time. Even when they were miles ahead, they found a <laughs> yeah, way. To yeah, lose. yeah, yeah, yeah. So interestingly enough, you would you're gonna take a Brady loss, probably. Yeah, well, that that they keep talking about Brady. Um, his blood is warmed up because he lives in Tampa now, and uh, he's not resilient. Yeah, he's got to go to Lambeau, and um, I. T- I just man, the Packers are so good right this year. It's it's mind mind blowing how good they are, and, and they're tough to beat at home. They have fallen apart in the playoffs the last few years, but I'm gonna pick the I'm gonna pick the Packers to win, and then I think the Bills score score Packer. Uh, uh, Could you do a buy like by by fourteen in the championship or the Super Bowl? Both all, all right, three the, games. All right, all right. NFC Championship. I think the Packers are gonna win twenty four twenty one. AFC Championship, I think the Bills are going to win 38 to 31. And Super Bowl, I think the Bills are going to beat the Packers 27 to 20. 
So you got a field goal in there, but the other decisions are decided by a touchdown. But all, all single possession. Yeah. 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 Oh, yeah. I think they're all going to be close. That's that's usually how it happens. I think yeah. I'm going to go a step further with my score predictions. Okay. Not on all three of them, just on one of them. Okay. Um, unless you want to go ahead, Ben. Uh, no, I'll let you take it. <laughs> okay. we, we know Ben doesn't want to chime in on this. <laughs> um, so what I think is going to happen. Foosball. <laughs> I honestly think we're eye for eye on who who's doing what in each three each of these three games. Um, I feel like Bills and Chiefs, um, I just, I really have a hunch the storyline will end up being Mahomes isn't 100%. He's there, but he's not 100%, uh, probably not scrambling. And if you don't have your X factor uh, with a team like this, um, like amazing arm, right? Yeah. But the benefit of Patrick Mahomes is this, his mobility, then throwing, or mobility for mobility's sake, right? Um, In the NFL, you cannot become a predictable offense. Yeah. It's just you can't do it anymore. Yep. Either it's, just, it's either got to be pure athleticism, yeah. or you got to be Brady and your genius. And it's just so hard, like to win. That it's like the odds of you winning back to back years is just like so slim. Yeah. Yes. True. So the, therefore, I'm going Bills or over the Chiefs for AFC. Um, I think. I think it may be a little depressing. I think it may be a two score game. Maybe like a. Um, I'm gonna say. This is tough. I'm caring more about the scores than I am about the winners. Mm. 31 to 21. Okay. Yeah, 31-21. So it'd be one of those final drives, like, if there's a turnover, this whole game could go into OT, but then I think, yeah, the winning I think team gets a Probably what will happen goal. is Chiefs have to make this drive happen and then make the onside kick happen, and yeah. a pick will happen, on, and it'll just be a really uh, underwhelming finish. Yeah. Um, Buccaneers and Packers. I think this is going to be a classic. Uh, maybe not an instant classic, not one you remember for the ages, but it is Brady's versus Brady versus Rogers. So something's got to happen, right? I think it's going to be a heartbreak for Tom Brady, and it's going to be one of those two point conversions wins it for you. Uh, last but second of the game. I'm just completely shocked because we've said on this podcast before, how do you bet against Brady? Yeah. I mean, I know there's tons of other factors. He's not in New England, but still, like, there's a mystique around this guy in these specific situations. Taking nothing away from Rodgers, I mean, he's got, like, what a storied career. I think, well, go ahead. But, I mean, I think when when Brady takes the field, and go with me on this, Mm -hmm. when Brady takes the field, it's just like Jordan taking the court. Like, it doesn't matter. This guy's a legend. He's got the mystique around him. You're just intimidated no matter who you are. Who was who was coaching Jordan, Hunter? Who was coaching Michael Jordan? Yep. Phil Jackson. Right. Who was coaching <laughs> Tom Brady? Bill Belichick. You don't bet against Bill Belichick. and Tom. Okay, okay. All right. All right. There's, there's the distinguishing factor, so maybe I'm with you. I just feel like I'm not going to believe that the Giant's going to topple until he does. Well, it takes a giant to beat a giant, right? That's well, what I mean, learned, he left but. he left the team, and it was like, oh my gosh! But look, we're still. I don't. Let me just double check the list here. I don't see the Patriots. That's true. On the on well, the list. I mean, Cam Newton. Anyway, Oof. I can't imagine. I cannot imagine what Bill Belichick thinks of this year. Anyway, um, I you will never hear me not say that Tom Brady is not a genius and okay. the greatest quarterback of all time. But you do have to say something about Bill Belichick plus Tom Brady in that recipe. It just there's no other way to spin it. I don't think. Yeah, I see what you're doing here. You're taking this game like Brady's going to get it to the final, and it was it's the Belichick two point difference is yes. what you basically described. Essentially, okay. yeah, yeah. We'll just see. something has felt. And honestly, I'm surprised the Bucks have made it this far. I think it's because of Tom Brady's classic playoff recipes that he's just able to whip up. That's just what Tom Brady does. Mm-hmm. But I just I think it's only going to get you so far. I think Aaron Rodgers has a lot of drive. It's been a minute, mm-hmm. um, so I think I think Rodgers is going to pull it out, which leads me to Packers versus Bills in the uh, the Super Bowl. Who did you say? You say Bills? Bills versus Packers. Yeah. I hate you said it because I thought <laughs> I got to be the spicy yeah. one, but dead gum it. The Bills, they let me down a year late, but You're calling a win is a win. 
Bills are going to take it. Uh, and I, I'm going to say 35-28. Classic score. I like it. So uh, did you see that the Academy Sports in Buffalo is selling folding tables now? No. <laughs> <laughs> for the Bills Mafia. Yeah. Oh, boy. Um, speaking of the Bucks, yeah, I agree. Um, I will go down. I will go down to my deathbed saying the Saints would have won that game if Jared Cook hadn't fumbled that ball in the second half. They were driving. They were up by seven. They were driving. They were moving the ball at will, and then he fumbled, and the Bucks went down and scored a touchdown, and it was over after that. I've seen too many Saints losses where that's just a recipe for how they and lose. The Saints also would have won if they stopped them on the drive. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Uh, but, I, I mean, if Jared Cook hadn't fumbled that ball, and he's a free agent this year, I hope we don't bring him back. I've been saying this for two years. The dude fumbles the ball and drops passes in huge moments. Get rid of him. Um, but uh, the, the Saints would have won. The Saints were the better all-around team than the Bucks, except for uh, Drew Brees just couldn't throw the ball, and then they were also missing Taysom Hill, which really hurt. And Michael Thomas was playing with, like, broken ankle. Um, so that was tough. But, uh, yeah, I, I, I don't think the Bucks. I think the Saints should have been there. I think the Saints were a better team than the Bucks. So, anyways. But would your prediction have changed if the Saints were in it? No, I still think they would have lost to the Packers. Mm -hmm. My confusion on those predictions is that you have, um, you've got the the Packers being the team that can take down Brady, whoever he's got around him. Yeah. But then they can't finish I think, the I sale. I just think the AFC is better this year. They have the two best teams, the Bills and the Chiefs. I think are the two best teams in the league. Josh Adams looks pretty daggum good. Yeah, he is. He's really good. Yeah. Four great what, quarterbacks. Really? Yeah. It's been a minute since that's happened, actually. Yeah. Anyway, well, Ben? Uh, <laughs> what you said. What you uh, guys said. Yeah, what you guys great said. Great talk. Yeah, what you guys said. I, I would think, let me just do this as a guy that would want to see something happen, having no knowledge about what's actually going on. I still have an opinion. <laughs> um, I would like to see Brady with the Bucks run the table. Because that would be something that people would be talking about ten years. It from proving now. the haters wrong. Yeah, it like, would be. Here we go. This guy does it again. I wouldn't be upset. Yeah, it, nobody would be upset. It's from what you guys are saying and the little that I do know, highly unlikely. But it would be awesome to watch. I'll tell you what. Some of the Tom Brady memes that have been coming out lately have just been fire. Somebody posted a picture of Joe Biden, you know, sitting at his desk on his first day in office signing some paper. And they said, Tom Brady signing his contract extension for the next two years. <laughs> <laughs> oh, amazing. Amazing. All right. That takes us to recommend. So I guess we'll see. We'll, we'll be forced to listen to this uh, post Super Bowl. Yeah, I won't listen. <laughs> so I'll that, make you guys listen. Yeah, and, he'll and, and, and hear your uh, next recording session. We'll be humbled. All right, so we've got some recommends. Uh, our recommend game's pretty, been pretty solid lately. Very it's solid. It's been pretty entertainment-based, which I'm, I'm okay with. I mean, it's the sign of the times. So we roll into recommends. We each have one. I'm eager to see, are they going to be music and TV show-based? Uh, I got a podcast, and going on the sports theme, I talked about them earlier, Bill Simmons' podcast. Um, I've just recently gotten back into Bill Simmons. Uh, when I was a kid, I used to read his column on ESPN.com like religiously, like I read everything he put out. I loved it. I loved how he mixed pop culture with sports. Um, and his columns were like 10,000 words, just like long, so super long. And he would do mailbags and just talk about football and basketball. And I loved it. Um, well, he has a podcast now where he puts it out like three or four times a week where he'll talk Monday. He'll talk about um, all the football games from the past week and then talk about, you know, he loves to gamble. So he'll talk about all the lines and all that type of stuff and how he did with his buddy. And then I'll also talk about the NBA and um, on different podcasts and everything that's going on. And he just, I just really like listening to him. And I think he does a great job. And it's just a nice um, change of pace from the uh, self improvement, learning business type stuff that I listen to. It's just it's cool to listen to um, some sports related stuff. So if you like that type of thing, Bill Simmons podcast, and they're long too, listen to it on one and a half speed because they talk not super fast, but they're like two to three hours long. So love that feature. Yeah. Love mm -hmm. it. What you got, Chase? Um, I stumbled upon this, uh, randomly, uh, we were talking about last episode, my YouTube journey. Um, it's a great journey, one of valor and honor. Um, uh, the other night. It's a shame they don't have a badge for it. I know. One day. Yep. One day. Or maybe I'll run for office and then make it happen. There you go. Uh, someone deserves it. Anyway, um, I, 
you can say what you want about Joe Rogan, and you you'd probably valid to say what you say. Uh, but you can't say that he doesn't have interesting guests on there uh, often. One person that I just happened to, I saw one clip from this guest, and then I proceeded to watch everything else I could find about him for the next like hour and a half. And it's an astrophysicist named Brian Cox. This dude, he's got a similar story to Brian May in that <laughs> he was uh, super sen- uh, interested in science, Decided to go the musician route. Uh, didn't have quite as successful <laughs> careers. Brian May, uh, Brian May of Queen, but you know he had he had a stint in the music industry. Decided to leave that behind and went full on astrophysics. And he's now like the premier space guy in the UK. Um, some people uh, some people are uh, hailing him as like the next uh, David Attenborough. Uh, for for the UK, if you don't know who David Attenborough is, watch uh, YouTube. Yeah, or uh, any of his like uh, Our Planet stuff like that. Uh, anyway, uh, he has a great great uh interview with Joe. He talks about all kinds of things. He talks about space travel, wormholes. Uh, if you're a nerd, uh, with the whole space thing, uh, great option for you to check out. Lots of content. It'll Very head, interesting. It just makes your head hurt thinking about all that type of stuff. But the thing is, this dude is so good at explaining things. It's kind of like, have y'all heard the uh, Albert Einstein quote, you haven't mastered uh, a topic unless you, you can, can explain, explain it. it simply? Yeah. yeah. Uh, or you don't fully understand a topic unless you can explain it simply. Explain it to a yada, child yada, yada, or something yada. like that. Exactly. I uh, love how we can't even get the simple quote right. I, know. I just don't want to miss it. Ma- I don't completely understand the quote yet. <laughs> <laughs> so I won't tell you about it. But this is like he's living example of like that quote come to life. Like he explains it so incredibly well. And it's it makes it a lot easier to understand. Like he doesn't break out the equations and stuff like that. Like I don't I don't need to know anything about that to get it. So it's worth your time. Go and check it out. Cool. All right. I have, I have a recommend that is not consumption based, but habit based. So I'm going to recommend a 4.30 a.m. wake up call. Woo. 4.30. Uh, no. Get that five o'clock out of here. That's for the weak minded. Okay. <laughs> You're on, that's some Jocko willing early. Oh man. If I've been consuming Jocko and Goggins and all those guys that are just like, they're not even real human beings. Uh, the way they live their lives. But I'll tell you this. So we say often on this podcast, go to bed and wake up at the same time every day. That's a, that's a huge thing. Um, I am now 47, 47 or 48 days into waking up at four 30. It's changed my life. You get up at four 30 on Christmas day. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah, because part of it is for me, I was trying to train my body to get in that rhythm. Yeah. And even when I try to sleep late, I still wake up. Now, I've been doing it so long now, my body says it's time to get up, you know. And uh, it When just, do you, like, wake up if you don't set an alarm? <laughs> I'm embarrassed to admit that. I, even as a parent, okay, that changes things. I could solid sleep till 9 a.m. every day. That's impressive. Yeah, that's yeah. just the kind of guy I am. So uh, it's... it. It's one of those habits, and this is why these guys are so big on it. It's one decision that affects 50 others mm-hmm. without you having to think about it. Yeah. You're automatically going to drink less. You're automatically going to binge watch things that don't matter less. You're automatically going to have less energy to pursue other vices outside of your normal rhythm. You're automatically going to have time to have those uh, clear thoughts and really organize yourself for the day. You're automatically going to be more productive. It's automatically going to be easier to prioritize fitness because you've re- you've gotten through the rest of the stuff you had to do by 10. Usually the, the list that I make the day before, I'm usually done with that list by about 1045. Does your alarm wake up Cammy, your wife? No. So I have I have a Garmin that's got that vibrate feature that I, I sleep in it because it tracks my sleeping habits as well. Is it not, did you just have to get used to it? Uh, no, it's... <laughs> It's a very aggressive uh, silent alarm. No, no, no. Sorry, get used to sleeping with a watch on. Yeah, originally. Yeah, but I I was really intrigued by my levels of REM and how much deep sleep I was getting. So I've been wearing wearing the watch to sleep for about a year. Mm. Uh, Interestingly enough, the multivitamins that we sell at Coyote Fitness have tripled my REM sleep. Really? Yeah, I've got metrics on that. Wow. It has tripled my REM sleep. There's no doubt they really make a big difference. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. 
you wouldn't even understand how brilliant I am now compared to 47 days. <laughs> I don't have time to explain it, especially simply. Uh, but yeah, I'm going to recommend that 430 because here's the thing. It's a mind trick to where you just automatically feel more disciplined waking up with a four in front of it instead of a five. You know, whether you get anything incredible mm -hmm. done during that time, you're like, whoa, I'm well, if you're up from like 430 to 8.30, nope, nothing else is going on, 7.30, so that's like yeah. four hours. You might as well do something. What yeah. time do you go to bed? Uh, whether I like it or not, I'm usually asleep by 9.40. And previously, I was a midnight guy every night. Every night, I'm finding so something. So you're getting about seven hours. Yeah, it's uh, it, it usually works out, according to the metrics, to be like six hours and 50-something minutes, the way it's measuring it. But, I mean, I'm, I'm telling you, people are like, there's no way. That's ridiculous. Like, it's it's too much. But you're really just shifting your hours of productivity. Yeah, and you can get a lot more done that early. And then also they say every hour before midnight's work two after. So, yeah, it's it's worked. I've, I've frustrated my family a little bit, and then I've turned into the the dad in the recliner. You know, like if I sit down at nine o'clock, I'm not I'm not real special to be around. That reminds me of the. Uh, you, have you guys seen those commercials where it's like you're turning into your parents? Yes, <laughs> it's like definitely. He's like, repeat it with me. You woke up early. Nobody cares. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but it's uh, I, I can highly recommend it. Even those guys and these guys are all over YouTube. They're like, I'm gonna do this for 30 days. Even that experiment is incredibly valuable because it'll teach you how much time you're actually wasting during your day. So if you don't want to like, I'm going to commit to this for the rest of my life, that's fine. Just do it for 30 days. Watch a couple of guys on YouTube that did it for 30 days. There are plenty of people that are like, this is total garbage. Don't do it. There are plenty of people that celebrate it. Figure out where you land. 4.30. Join the club. We're all unique. Yeah, if you're up at 4.30, send me a text. We'll, we'll be up together. 4.30. 4.30 club. <laughs> 2.50 club. You're in that's a lot right. of clubs. That's right. got a lot like, of clubs, man. Peanut head club. <laughs> <laughs> see you next week or the week after i don't know whenever time go see ya